Hello, Tom here. The Berkshire Football Stories podcast has got a new sponsor. Exciting, huh? That doesn't mean that we've got new kit, though. The club secretary has made us print it over the top of last season's shirt sponsor. He reckons it'll stretch to at least another year. He mumbled something about those footballs we keep kicking over the fence, not paying for themselves. Our new sponsor? Oh, that would be MRS Digital, an award-winning digital marketing agency offering affordable social media, pay-per-click and search engine optimization to help local businesses thrive since 1999. To find out more, visit mrs.digital and tell them we sent you. Hello and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories podcast with me, Tom Canning, and him, Rob Davis. Uh, Rob, it's your birthday today. Happy birthday. Hmm. Sorry Thank for you very you, much. Sorry for dragging you out onto a uh, podcast, but you have nothing better to do. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not I a, wouldn't be anywhere else. It's not a, uh, it, that doesn't, um, it, it's nothing to do with our guest. You know, we, we, we're doing this daily. Um, so <laughs> this is our pub, but not in a pub chat podcast. We are doing daily, as I mentioned, to try and keep ourselves and all of you busy during the lockdown. You can see more podcasts from us by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. You can also follow us on Twitter at FI Berkshire and find out more at www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. Sorry, I'm just going to cough. <laughs> this is... At least technologically, this is already going better than yesterday, so this is a good good, good start. Um, today, our special guest is Wokingham Embrook manager, Dan Bateman, who joins us on the phone. Hello, Dan. Hi, Tom, and happy birthday, Bob. Many happy returns Thank of the day. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I forgot, normally, sorry, sorry, Dan, normally at the start of the podcast, before we start recording, I normally introduce Rob to, because uh, especially when we, if, if it's someone that, I, that I've known, I, I do normally introduce Rob. I haven't done that. Um, this is Rob. I don't know if you've seen, he's been to a few Woken, Wokenham and Embrook games this year. He does all of our uh, Step 6 stuff. And as you've just discovered, it's his birthday. So uh, how are you, Dan? Are you all right? Yeah, no, very good. Thank you. Uh, um, a bit like everybody else, sort of getting a, a little bit bored of being sort of stuck in the house and locked down and everything else. But um, the good thing is every, everybody's well and everything like that. And that's the most important thing. But just trying to find a way to get through the next few weeks is going to be challenging, especially with two young kids. Oh, good good grief. More Batemans. There is more Batemans, yeah. Two young boys downstairs. So you might hear them shouting or screaming or, or ah, that's all right. at them at some point. The more the merrier. I don't think, you're, I don't think <laughs> it's a proper kind of uh, video chat these days if you don't have kids uh, jumping in on on calls and stuff like that. Um, I, I guess where where do we start with this? I mean, so so Wokenham and Embrook. Wokenham and Embrook is your club. You it's your second spell as yep. manager, uh, and obviously the season's been a little bit curtailed. You and you got, but you guys were going for promotion this season. Am I right? Yeah, we're a little bit disappointed that the season hasn't sort of has finished how we'd like it to have. Um, and I'm sure everybody's in the same sort of boat, but. Uh, at the start of the season, our main objective was to get promotion. Um, the fact that there was a restructure of the league's planned and the top four were going to go up was certainly going to be something that we felt that we were easily one of the best four sides in the league. Um, and the league sort of panned out how we thought it would. Um, and we were quite comfortable that with, I think it was nine games still to go, that, that we would at least finish in the top four. But we still were aiming to try and probably aim for second. Um, it's probably what we were realistically trying to get. Because Risborough were so far ahead, you know, yeah. they were so consistent and so good at the top of the league that we just couldn't really lay a glove on them. You know, we played them twice in two close games um, and we drew one and lost 1-1-0. And we never got close enough to, to challenge for the title. Um, but we certainly felt that we could, with a good finish to the season, take second uh, and ultimately get that promotion to the Hellenic Prem, which is where we wanted to go to. Um, yeah, so, so, so obviously that... that um... 
it, it is a, it is a shame the way it's ended up, but, but obviously it's a case of you've got to you've kind of got to go again next year. You, I guess, unlike some clubs, you've had a fairly settled squad over the last couple of years. Um, there yeah. doesn't seem to be too many ins and outs. Um, is it just a case of getting everybody together again and, and just going for it all over again? Yeah, I've had a, a few conversations with a few of the players already, but it's almost like you don't feel like at the moment I really want to go too much into next season because everyone's got more important things to worry about. But I mean, certainly two or three players have asked me the question and I mean, myself and Matt are, are, are desperate to go again next year and we sort of see it as unfinished business, you know. And One of the things for me, I wanted to come back to the club because moving back to Lava Road with the facilities and the floodlights, um, I've been involved in the club for an awful long time and I said I wanted to be the manager when we had floodlights and we, we brought the club home um, so I managed to do that this year and then now I want to sort of try and push on and get them further up the leagues if we can so we've definitely got unfinished business we're definitely sort of really keen to go again next year um, and get us back into that step five football uh, and like you say with the squads the, the benefit that we have at Wokenham is we do feed a lot of youth players through okay and we do get a little bit of loyalty from that as well and some of the lads have been with the club almost as long as me um, so it's it's great to have that squad of players and then you're looking to, to freshen it up by bringing in one or two and to improve certain areas that need improving which we try and do every year but yeah we don't get that wholesale changes in the summer of seven or eight players leaving and seven or eight players coming in so we, we've gradually got better over the last three years um, and then next year hopefully we'll gradually get better again and, and get ourselves into that step five football you mentioned there that uh, some of the players, the youth team players, have been at Wokingham as long as you have. How long have you been at Wokingham? Um, I've been involved for, I think it's about 22, 23 years now. Uh, wow. Maybe 24 even. But yeah, I've been back in the Wokingham Town days at Finch Hampstead Road. I've had many different roles within the club as, as Wokingham Town and as Wokingham and Embrook. So. Um, but when I first started coaching, I think it was under 10s for Wokingham Town at the time. Um, and of that team, there's two or three, I believe, that are still playing for me now um, that were involved in the under-10 setup at Wokenham when I first got involved. So um, there's people that have been in the club a long time. Um, just uh, when we were just talking, we, you, you mentioned unfinished business, and I, and I presume you're, you're referring to, uh, shall I call it ill-fated season in the Hellenic Premier Division. Um, yeah. You... you you got yourself. You finished first at 2014-15. You finished first in Hellenic yeah. League Division One East. Went up to the Premier Division, and um, and I, I remember I saw Wokenham a few times that season, and it was it was difficult to understand why you yeah. finished twentieth. Um, I did. I didn't. I can't. You know, there, there were good players there, and it didn't quite seem seem right that that Wokenham were the were the bottom side in the division. What what was that like for you? Um, that was probably the most probably the hardest and the most frustrating season I think I've ever had. Um, we'd gone the, the year before where we'd won Division 1 and I think we won the Reading Senior Cup and we'd beaten two or three Hellenic Premier sides on the way, you know, and we knew that we was more than a match for a lot of Hellenic Premier sides, so we were really sort of looking forward to it. Um, but sort of everything that could go wrong did go wrong that season, you know. I mean, we were ground sharing at Henley, which made it difficult for a start. Um, we basically had every single game as an away game. You know, Henley's not the easiest place to get to. Um, and at the time, the facilities and that weren't great. Um, so we weren't playing on a particularly good pitch. And then we started the season OK. Um, we lost our first couple and then we got a couple of points. Um, and then injuries really started to hit. And I think we, we went up with a squad of 18 players from the year before. Um, and I think by the time we got to November, we had six left. All right. Now, there was four or five that got picked up by other clubs. And then there was some season-long injuries to some real key players. And it was one of those where it just seemed to get harder and harder. 
you know, by by the time we reached Christmas, we were sort of beg, stealing and borrowing to try and get 11 players on the pitch. Um, and we had to put some players out there that really were doing the club a favour, but shouldn't have been out there. And it just gets harder and harder. And the thing is with the Hellenic Prem is if we didn't get off to a good, we got off to a bad start um, and we never recovered, you know. And then because we were asking players to travel to Henley, as a club, we've never, well, we haven't, certainly in my time, we've not paid players. So we, we didn't have anything to offer. And trying to entice someone to come and play for a team at the bottom of the league and you've got to drive to Gloucester and play, um, it just became really difficult. Um, so it was a real, real long, hard season. And, and to be fair, myself and Matt stepped down at the end of that season because we were physically and, and mentally exhausted. You know, I sort of had some difficult times and it sort of a lot of soul searching went on and I just had to step away from football for a little while. Um, but once I stepped away, I sort of took time to, to speak to a few people and go out. And now actually I want to get back there and have another go. You know, I think I'm in a better place now that I'd be able to have a challenge. I think the squad is more settled than it was then. We were we were very young and very naive, and I can count myself and Matt in that as well. Um, and I think the opportunity for me to go and challenge myself again and say I'm better than that because I believe I am, and I believe the players were as well. Like you said, we weren't. We were a much better side than we gave ourselves credit for in that year, uh, and we want to go back and, and prove that. Well, obviously, the other part of the unfinished business there is the uh, um, hopefully. Um, getting promoted from the uh, Div One East next season, if uh, um, yeah, if and when that starts again. Um, you say there you uh, um, about your experience in the uh, in the Hellenic Prem. What would you do differently this time round if um, if and when hopefully Wokingham and Embrook get promoted? I think I think for me the the most important thing that we've got now that we didn't have is we've got the infrastructure in place. You know to mm. try and to try and go up playing away from home every game, playing at Henley where we had no control over the facilities. We didn't have the income coming in because all of the bar money, everything was going to Henley. So we were. it really felt at times like we were trying to fight with both hands tied behind our back, you know. Um, but we committed to do it and we wanted to do it as a club and we felt that we could. Um, but we were probably trying to run before we could walk. Um, whereas actually now we've got the infrastructure in place. We're back at Lava Road. We've got our home. We've got our identity back. Uh, and then ultimately we're in a better position to try and challenge on an even footing. Uh, and that's what we want to do. The restructure of the leagues does mean that there's, um, well, hopefully there's going to be a an, another step five league around uh, this area. So is is that did that feed into your decision as well, or was it was is that just irrelevant? You know, because you mentioned about the the long trips to Gloucestershire and places like that. Um, does yeah, the think, restructure help at all? Yeah, I think it does, and I think it will help with the the trying to in, in, uh, sorry, increase the number of local derbies. You know, when yeah. you look at the teams in Step 5, I mean, actually, we've sort of come away from a few local derbies in Div 1 East. Um, and to have that sort of local league, travelling's all sort of 30, 40 miles, you'll get bigger crowds, you get local derbies, and they're the games that people want to be involved in, you know. Um, you want to be involved in local derbies, you want to have 100, 200 people there watching, get a bit of atmosphere. Um, and that's why we want to get back into that league for that. But also, it's because I actually believe the players are good enough. You know, we've got some really talented young lads at Wokenham that are good enough to be playing Step 5. And what I want is for them to be playing step five for Wokingham. Um, Dan, let me take you right back to kind of the start of your of your managerial career. I was, I was just chatting to to Rob before you came on, and I was just trying to work out when you when you started as manager of Wokingham and Edinburgh. Can you can you shed some light on that? I, I reckon it's twenty thirteen. Would that be right? Yeah, I think I think that's right because we had the um, I was Roger's assistant, and yes. then when Roger stepped down and Roger joined Binfield. Then I took over with Matt. Me and him took over the running of Wokenham. So in our first season, we came runners-up, but we turned down promotion. Yeah. 
Um, it was, to be honest, it was a real baptism of fire that year. And the club didn't have the finances to ground share. So that wasn't an option. But we felt that actually we needed another year. Um, so we did that. And then the, the second year was when we got promoted. We won Division One East and got promoted to the Prem. So, yeah, I think it was 2013, 2014. I think that's the right season. Um, it, 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 if, I, if I remember rightly, right back then, um, there, do you remember there was a, there's a Hellenic League forum back then? I do, yeah. And, and and Wokenham used to get awful abuse on that forum. Do you, do you know why? I don't. I, it's, it's one of the things, particularly when we go to some places in Hellenic Division 1 as well, I think we're, I think a little bit because of Wokenham's history as Wokenham yeah. Town and the fact that we've fallen a long way, I do think that certainly some places we go that we just seem to be unliked. Um, I don't know whether it's things in the past where potentially Wokenham Town were sort of seen as big time and, oh, what are you doing coming down to this level and stuff like that, but... There, there is still an element of it now. We still go away to certain places and we know the sort of reception we're going to get. Um, but personally, I quite like that. You know, going away to <laughs> going away to teams and getting that, then it sort of makes your team talk a lot easier and you go in and you get the result. You mentioned you've been uh, involved for over 20 years, the old Finch Hampstead Road days, old uh, um, uh, Wokingham Town days. Um, are there any highlights from sort of like back in the day that you can uh, uh, remember and recall that sort of feed into your uh, like passion for the club? Um, yeah, there's plenty. I mean, just trying to think back to all of them. But I mean, back in the Wokenham Town days, I remember. I think there was once Aldershot Town came to came to town, and there was I think it was two and a half, three thousand people at Finchampstead Road. And at the time, I was sort of, uh, I would think I was fifteen or sixteen. But I used to basically do odd jobs around the club, so I'd clean the change rooms after every game and just operate the tea bar if they needed it and sell programs and basically whatever they could do. And just having that many people there, and I remember one of the, the I say the, a story, but during that Aldershot game, at half-time, there was a divot that appeared in the pitch and I was the idiot that got the job of filling a wheelbarrow <laughs> full of sand and going onto the pitch in front of all these Aldershot people and filling the divot. Now, as a young 16-year-old lad who wasn't particularly strong, I was trying to carry a wheelbarrow full of sand and I spilt it on the middle of the pitch and you can imagine the, the songs that the Aldershot fans were singing at me. <laughs> but yeah, so but yeah, I remember the, the very last game at Finch Hampstead Road and the party that followed was very good. Um and then it was a little bit of a, a nomadic existence, you know, getting on the coach to Egham and Chertsey and Windsor and all these other places where we used to go and watch and it was about that sort of time that I was heavily involved in the youth section. Um but I always had an eye on senior football and sort of wanted to progress. Um and then Wayne Wankling got the first team manager's job. Um, and he got me involved in sort of coaching the Allies and getting a little bit involved with first-team football, and it sort of progressed from there, really. Um, but, yeah, I mean, over the years, Wokenham's been it's been my club for a long time. You know, similar to yourself, Tom at Bracknell and things yeah. like that. The, the people that are there is what makes a club, you know, and there's an awful lot of the committee now, awful lot of people that come and watch now have been coming for as long as I have, you know, and it's that sort of fellowship is why you keep going and, and why you work so hard for the club, you know. We're all volunteers, but we do it because we love the club, so... Does it does it help that you've got sort of certain members of, of of your family involved in the club as well? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, it, we are we're very much a Wokenham family. I mean, my brother's playing for the for the first team now, but me, I've got two other brothers that played for the youth section. Yeah, um, and played up to sort of under 18s ally football. Um, my dad's been involved in various guises of coaching, and my mum's been secretary and stuff like that. So we're we're very much a Wokenham family. Um, we've been involved for for a long time, and it's it's still something that. We talk about, we argue about, and everything else, you know. So, but it's the reason why we do what we do for the club is because we love it. So, you mentioned uh, you're you, sorry, Rob. You, you mentioned your your brother plays for the for the for the first team. Nick's got to be getting on a bit now, isn't he? 
<laughs> yeah, he won't like you for saying that. But he has just celebrated his 30th. So, uh, uh, do you know what? I, I've 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 sort of known known Nick playing playing football playing at a, a reasonable level for for a number of years. I thought he was a bit older than that. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's thirty. He's not quite that old yet. But. Fair enough. <laughs> I was uh, oh, I was just going to ask you on. Uh, so you said on the at the end of the fifteen uh, sixteen season, you stepped away and took a break. Uh, was that uh, particularly hard to do? And what, what did you do in that time while you uh, were away from football? Um, it wasn't hard to do because of the season that we had. You know, the, the Hellenic mm. Prem is relentless. And I think we we lost something like 40 out of 55 games. And it was it, we really felt, both me and Matt, both felt beaten up at the end of it. Um, and we both wanted to take a break. It coincided with um, my wife was pregnant with my youngest at the time. And Matt's wife was expecting as well at the time. So... It was the right time for our families and our personal life just to do it. But my wife actually said to me at the time, she said, you won't stay out of football for long. And I mean, I think she said I'll be back in by Christmas. And I waited till the end of the season. And and I sort of took over from Clive again. And Clive sort of made a sideways step. And and fair play to Clive as well. You know, it was difficult circumstances and we could have let it go. But Clive was adamant that we wanted to keep the same family, the same people involved. So Clive stepped in for the manager's job for a year and he said to me, he said, you're definitely going to come back next year. And I said, yeah. So <laughs> that was, it was always the plan. Um, but yeah, for me, it was quite nice just to be able to go and watch games. You know, I still went every Saturday. I went to watch a game. Every Tuesday I went to watch a game. But for me, it was nice just to, to go and watch, you know, not have to do the, the, the Friday bit, the Saturday bit, the Sunday bit and the Monday and Tuesday bit, just to actually go and watch on the game of Saturday. So enjoyed it, but I missed it in equal measure and I'm just keen to get back as soon as really. That um, that that season with Clive was uh, again. I saw I saw uh, woken him a couple of times that season as well, uh, and that that season with Clive was it was was kind of was was good fun. It, it seemed like um, it seemed like the club kind of settled, like relaxed a little bit that season. Um, but I think one of the first posts we ever posted on our website was um, Clive had, had put on Facebook about how. Uh, he was cleaning the kit. There's not, you know, there won't be many managers who are yeah. who are who are then cleaning the kit on a on a Sunday afternoon. And I just thought that 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 just felt like that. That's the level that we're we're playing at. And but that and I don't mean that derogatorily. It just felt proper. Um, yeah. And it, it sort of almost, you know, how it should be. Um, I just, I don't, it's not really a question there. I'm just just, uh, just <laughs> passing thought it, on something. No, and it's it's very true, you know. And it's the bit that people don't see. And I think also there's a lot of players that don't see the stuff that goes on behind the scenes as well, you know. Um, it's the cleaning the kit, we still do it now, you know. It's my wife's cleaned the kit a few times this year, um, but as a rule, Mark Ashwell's wife does it. Um, so Mark Ashwell, the president, will take the kit home and his wife will wash the kit, or he, he might say that he does it, but I think it's more his wife. Um, and it's a cost that the club doesn't need, you know. For a little bit of work to, to wash the kit, it's a cost the club doesn't need. So we, we take it in turns and we do it at various different times. But like I say, Mark does it. But it's not just cleaning the kit. It's marking the pitch out. You know, it's, I mean, on a, on a match day on a Saturday, myself and Matt quite often will be down there at eight, nine o'clock in the morning. If the pitch needs rolling, it needs lines, it needs forking, the nets, we sort the ground out. You know, it's sometimes on a Saturday, you can leave at eight o'clock in the morning, get in at eight o'clock at night, but you do it because of your love for the club, you know, and Mark Ashwell, Ian Narraway, who's our reserve team manager. I mean, he'll go up there every Saturday and every Friday to prepare the pitch for the first team games, let alone just the reserve team games. So you, you need those volunteers and you need those people. Um, but it's it's the bits off the pitch that people don't see that puts time and effort into it, really. You were saying uh, um, you, 
clearly talking very passionately about the club there and all the uh, volunteers and, you know, all the time you've put into it. Um, how big a deal was it for you and the club in general to move back to um, uh, the borough of Wokingham and uh, back into Lother Road at the beginning of this season? Oh, it was massive, you know, and like I said, that was one of the one of the reasons why that I wanted to be the manager of the club and when we went back to Lother Road with the floodlights, you know, I wanted to be able to say that we led that team out and that first game of the season against Aldermaston, although the the performance wasn't particularly great. We got a result, but I think it's one of those where the occasion was bigger than any football match, you know. And for us, and and to also we had um, Jeff Pratt, sorry, not Jeff Pratt, sorry, Richard Croydon ch- turned the lights on, um, which obviously is uh, we've lost him recently as well. So I think it's one of those things. Even when I think about it now, you get goosebumps, you know. It's it's one of those things that we wanted to come back to the club. We wanted to have our own facilities. We wanted to have the floodlights and the stand, and we've actually got that now. And we still have to little pinch myself a little bit to know we have got that. Um, and now it's what's the next milestone, you know, and we want to push on in the league. But also for me next year, I'm really looking forward to, to hopefully we get into the FA Cup. We've applied for it um, and actually now say, well, we can bring the, the FA Cup back to Wokenham as well. And just those little things, but they mean a lot and they make all of the effort and the time that you put in away from the football pitch. They make it worth it. When was the last time Wokingham or Wokingham and Embrick were in the FA Cup? Do you um, remember? I, we were in it during our ground sharing days. Um, but it yeah. would be, the last time we were in it would be when Wokenham Town's ground in Finchampton Road closed in 1999, I think it was. So, wow. yeah, that would be 1999, the last time the FA Cup game was played in Wokenham. OK. That's wow. our milestone for next year, providing we're, our entries accepted. It's, it's, it's um, yeah, who, who knows how the FA Cup is going to be chosen this year? Because you would think mostly they would go with the same teams from last year, but who knows? Yeah, and also mm. that non-league football is going to take a hell of a hit over the coming months, isn't it? So yeah. the, the yeah. state of what non-league football is going to look come August is going to be very different to how it looks in like May, wasn't it? So yeah, uh, yeah, and I mean, yeah, who, the, the, there's already obviously in the in the Hellenic League we've already seen two teams drop out, um, and who knows uh, who knows where? I mean, ultimately you could still end up getting promoted this season, depending on uh, depending on how it goes. Who knows? Because yeah. I can't see them running a, a 16, 15, 16 team Hellenic League Premier Division if it all goes awry. Yeah, no, there's, there is that possibility. I mean, the, the thing that would probably go against us is the, the fact that we're currently fourth. Yeah. So there would be three teams ahead of us that would get asked first. But, but listen, if the question was asked to us, then I'm sure we'd be more than happy to snap their arms off. But ultimately, we're, we're preparing at the moment to go and win the league next year. That's what we want to do. What do you have to change from this season to uh, take that next step to be the top team in the Div 1 East? Um, for, for a little bit of consistency in performance for me. Um, if you look at our sort of our results, we had some really good results against the sides at the top of the league and, and nobody mm. really beat us convincingly. Um, but we had some silly results. You know, we lost games that we should never have lost. We dropped points in draws in games that we dominated, um, either by failing to score or by conceding a silly or a late goal. Um, so we just need to get that consistency back. Um, if we do that, then we'd be up there. You know, like I say, I mean, Risborough were far and away the best side in the league this year. We drew with them the first time. Um, and the second time we lost 1-0 to a, a very debatable goal, which I'm still a little bit bitter about. But <laughs> ultimately, for what they did at the top of the league, they were 27, 28 games unbeaten. They were the best team in the league by a country mile and they deserve that. But that's what we need to do. You know, Risborough went to all the difficult places we have to go to and they found a way to get a result. Whereas at times we haven't quite done that this year, and and that's the difference between being first and fourth. Mm. We did speak to uh, um, 
Scott, uh, the Chalvey chairman, Scott Young, uh, um, earlier in one of the pods, and he said that the top four sides, uh, Risborough, Abingdon, Hollyport, and yourselves, were the best four teams in the division. So he did. He, he's his side were what six or something like that in the league, and he was saying that it's a real shame for you four in particular that the season has ended the way it has because he, he reckons that the four uh, sides were the best four in the division. Yeah, and I think if the if the the, the FA made a dis- different decision, you know, they've obviously made the decision to expunge all the leagues, but which I understand for them it's difficult and all the other leagues. But if you look at the Hellenic, it was fairly well set. You know, if we yeah. had gone on to play these last nine games, realistically, Risborough would have won the league quite comfortably. All right? I think they were almost there anyway. You then look at the next three, Hollyport, Abingdon and us. Although the points difference isn't massive, if you look, I think we were three points clear, but with five games in hand or something along those lines. So you'd like to think that we had enough points for the top four to be set. And actually, nobody gets relegated at the bottom of the league anyway. So the other minor placings, I don't think there'd have been too many complaints from our league. If, the, if they'd have said, we'll leave it as is, and that's what we'll progress with. But I understand it's difficult for the other leagues, and if you look at the combined counties, there's three or four points that separates eight teams, and how they can oh. say you're going up and you're not, I get it's difficult for them. But yeah, our league had sort of set itself and established, and I don't think there'd have been too many changes. Um, but other than that, yeah, we, we have to take what it is, and, and ultimately the most important thing is how we deal with this virus and keeping people healthy. You know, it's football is a hobby at the end of the day even though it's something that means an awful lot to an awful lot of people. But ultimately, we need to, to focus on people first. Um, just just while we're on that, obviously, the, the season, one of the clubs I've used as an example occasionally is, is Wokenham because, um, you know, when it comes to trying to get the, the leagues finished, as, as you know, in this current situation, it's quite difficult at Wokenham because, of course, you share the pitch with a cricket team. And, and at step six, there will be a number of clubs like that um, and I, I just kind of wonder what that sort of relationship with the cricket it's not particularly football based but but what's that relationship with the cricket club like because sharing a facility like that um, I think it's actually quite healthy for the club you know it means that we've got an income all year round um, we've sort of got we have, well, we have an agreement in place that we don't play football on the pitch until September on a Saturday um, the benefit of having floodlights this year is in previous years we had to be away for the first six weeks of the season Um but now we can play Friday nights. So this year, I think our first three home games were a Friday night or a Tuesday night. Um, so we could play midweek. Um, and then they have the, the use of the facility on a Saturday. But the, the benefit for the club is clear. It's that they use it all year round. You know, once soon as the football finishes at normally around the end of April, they're moving in the next weekend and they're playing as well. So it means we get the football through the club. It means we get people using the facility. Um, and that's what we want to do, you know, and that helps invest in everything. Um, let, let's just uh, just to sort of kind of round things off in a in a in a sort of in a neat way. Let's just let's just go back to that first game at Lowther Road this season. We, Rob and I Rob and I came along to that, and it was it was it was brilliant. Kind of it was almost like so you soaked up a little bit. It was a long walk from Wokenham Station. I must admit, I don't think we quite realised it was going to be as far as that. But once you got into the vicinity, you could kind of just feel that sort of footbally atmosphere. And I think that comes with just having floodlights. It feels like a a, a, a proper a proper football ground even if it means it's just got a fence around the pitch the, yeah. the floodlights really make a difference um and i know it's been a long long journey for the club to to um to kind of get those floodlights uh, i guess it did how, how did what did you believe that this was going to happen was it because obviously you know we've all been at clubs through the years that have been moving or this is happening or that's happening and it and it never quite does when when did you believe that the floodlights and, and the and the stand was going in? 
I think it was about 10 minutes before they did, to be honest. <laughs> um, it's one of them things. Yeah, I, I did believe it. And we had sort of two or three full storms before it happened, you know, and, and we worked really hard. And it just seemed like every time we got close, it just moved that little bit further away. Um, but one of the things, and, and certainly key individuals like Mark Ashwell and Graham Tabor and Steve Williams, who's our current chairman now, there's certain people in the club who refuse to let it die, you know. And actually, I think Woken and Borough Council would have been quite happy if we'd have actually given up at certain stages or if people would have said it's just too difficult we're not going to do it you know but the sheer sort of stubbornness and determination of of key people within the club uh, and we've actually made it happen you know and to actually put in that work and like I say 1999 we lost in Champstead Road and and to get back there in 2019 20 years worth of determination will and effort to get there and now we're going to enjoy it you know that that first game there, and like you say, I mean, night games are what football's all about for me. You know, I don't know what it is, whether it's the, the cloak yeah. of darkness everywhere else, but I love a night game. Uh, and to actually be able to do that in Wokenham is, is brilliant for us. Uh, and even just being able to run an Allied County side, you know, this year we've got three or four players that have stepped up from Allied Counties. And going up there on a Wednesday, Thursday night and watching the Allies play in there, it's, it's what we wanted to do and it's where we wanted to be. And we're just so chuffed with it. So did I believe it? I probably doubted myself an awful lot of times whether it would ever happen, but actually my desire and everything else to be there for the club when it did, and we got there in the end. I, I'll tell you what it is, Dan. It's uh, just from my Sunday league days. It's it's the fact anybody can play on a Saturday or a Sunday. Anyone on a on a week night under floodlights. I mean, obviously three G surfaces make it a bit different now. You could you train on them, but a proper match on a on a week night. Not everyone can do that. Yeah, I, I love it. I reckon. Um, Rob, did you have anything else you wanted to uh, you wanted to you wanted to ask? One last one to Go wrap on. up. Um, it's very clear that you're a um, uh, Wokingham stalwart, Wokingham man through and through. Have you got, ever got any ambition to uh, manage anywhere else uh, at all? If an offer came in, yeah, it's a, it's always a difficult one, isn't it? But I mean, I'm a I'm a Wokingham man, and I always find it difficult to I would find it difficult to justify the amount of time and effort that I put into Wokingham anywhere else. All right, never say never. And I mean, I love being involved in football. So if anything happened at Wokenham and I wasn't involved and I had the opportunity to go somewhere else, yeah, of course I would. But ultimately, like I say, I've put an awful lot of time and years into Wokenham. Um, it's where my friends and my family are, you know, and that's where mm. I, I want to be at the moment. And I don't see that changing in, in the certainty in the short term future. Um, but if things happen and I need to move on, then yeah, so be it. You know, I, I I love football and I love being involved in football. I love being involved in the dressing room and that side of it. So I'm not going to give that up. Um, but ultimately, Wokenham is my club. Dan, just to finish off, there's one uh, there's one question that we ask everybody on the podcast at the end, uh, just to help everyone give someone give people a uh, you know some enthus- some uh, some enthusiasm and some uh, something to look forward to. Uh, is there a box set or a TV show you are currently watching that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Ooh, one I'm, I'm a big fan of Suits. Okay. But I'm a little bit behind on that, so I'm sort of <laughs> I'm caught in catching up with that, but I really like that. And the other thing I'm watching at the moment is Power, but I'm a little bit restricted on Power because I have to wait for the kids to go to bed to watch that. It's a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of uh, gruesomeness in there that I can't watch till they go to bed. But yeah, Suits and Power I'd recommend. Excellent. These are, these are two that we have not had so far, so you get extra points there, Dan, so thank you very much. <laughs> Um, I don't think uh, I don't think uh, anyone will beat Mick Wood and, and uh, on the buses though. So I, I, I think uh, <laughs> um, Dan, thank you very much. 
That was the Berkshire Football Stories podcast pub, but not in the pub chat with Wokingham and Embrook manager Dan Bateman. Uh, you can see more in this series by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. Please subscribe for all the latest. And if you have a minute, please give us a rating and a review. Uh, all it is left to say is that it's goodbye from me, Tom. It's goodbye from Rob. Goodbye, everyone. And it's goodbye from Dan. Cheers, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.